With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The share it with a friend deal, even if that friend is yourself. Your McDonald's, your rules. Live your best morning with BOGO breakfast sandwiches only on the McDonald's app. Now buy one bacon, egg, and cheese McGriddles or sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and get a second one free. Valid for item of equal or lesser value. Limited time only at participating McDonald's. Valid one per day. Excludes one, two, three dollar menu. Visit McDonald's app for details. Download and registration required. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Celtic State of Mind. I'm Paul John Dykes. Tonight I am delighted to be joined by Kevin Graham and Laura Bradburn. We are talking about Bayer Leverkusen 3, Celtic 2. The agony and the ecstasy of Ange Postecoglou Celtic. Laura, you started uh, tonight's proceedings off with the pre-match and uh, you were also here at half-time. Before we get into the game, can I just say I've been thinking about this all day since I got up this morning and I was looking at my Twitter feed and I've seen a couple of tweets for Kev because uh, a couple of the supporters groups that he's got close links to are obviously at the game. What a support by Celtic tonight. You've got, you've really got to give that credit. I've been watching the videos over the last 24, 48 hours. And I mean, I was looking around the stands tonight, Laura, just as Kevin uh, goes and adjusts himself. Obviously, Um, (laughs) uh, He's had enough already. He's had enough. I was looking around these stands and I thought to myself, you know, there's loads of empty seats, but you look at the noise and, you know, the atmosphere created by the Celtic support. These people who are dedicated uh, to going to away games, you know. I remember, Kevin, I'm going to come to you first on this one, actually, mate, because I know that you were part of that culture of um, the away days in Europe. Obviously, I've done it myself, but not to that same degree. You meet people who have been to 100 away games. Before we talk about the game, and our disappointments and everything that we did well and all the memorable moments. What about that Celtic support over in Germany tonight? Absolutely fantastic. I was actually very, very jealous <laughs> when I was watching that game there. Eh? And I was talking to my dad. That's when I disappeared. And my dad's telly was far too loud watching you on YouTube. So I had to go tell him. <laughs> Getting a bit of feedback. I had to go tell him to turn it down. Um, I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I saw... Fantastic. I mean, even the, the guys from my, uh, my local club, 
my, my supporters club flew yesterday. Uh, the guys for another local club, the Paul McStay and Minions, they burst it, left at six o'clock last night and were in Cologne at nine o'clock this morning. Eh? And even then, I was actually Googling it going, it was only 13 hours on a bus. I could day 13 hours on a bus. I was reckoning again. Eh? After seeing stuff like that, I really miss going to the away games. Uh, JP was on talking about how great Germany is. I was saying to my dad as well, the way when I was in Rennes, uh, it was superb as well. I really do miss it. The Celtic support were another class tonight, mm. and we're and we're hopefully no too far away for getting a team that they're going to be really proud of watching away for, away for him in Europe. Absolutely. I mean, I think back to my dad in the eighties. He went to a few away games in Europe. The nineties, there weren't that many games to go to. Kev, if you think about it, you know, round one, yeah. round two was kind of your limit. And then Martin O'Neill comes in and just tears that up and, and we start to progress again as a European force. Uh, but yeah, before we get started, hats off to every single one of them who have gone out there and created an incredible atmosphere. And it looked for long spells of that game, Laura, that we were going to get the result to match the fans on the terrace. Yeah, when, when we went 2-1 up, I actually was... Uh, I'm glad I didn't do it now, but I was sitting thinking there's spells where Ange gets us playing better away from home in Europe than any other manager I can think of that we've had, certainly that I've seen. Um, you know, we we do play with a certain amount of confidence and a certain amount of swagger, especially going forward. Um, it's just so unfortunate that as with Everything uh, in recent weeks, we sometimes just run out of steam at the end. It was almost as if to get ourselves to the position we were in in the match, we'd spent everything we had and it was a case of holding on by our fingernails uh, till the end and we just couldn't manage it. You know, I'm going to jump forward a wee bit on that point, Laura, because I, I did get that feeling myself and I think there is a pivotal moment of this game and I'm not going to call it naivety. I don't want to use that word um, because that's a negative towards Ange Postecoglou. Uh, and I think what we've actually witnessed tonight it was an incredible display. Um, I mean, it's disappointing as a Celtic fan, but you imagine watching that as a neutral where the home team goes ahead, we pull it to 2-1, they start the fight back, the Penenka, the goal by Jota, one of the finest goals I've ever seen Celtic scoring in Europe. The save by heart, I was still talking to you after the half-time bullet and Laura where he managed to save that he took it right off the boy's toe unbelievable one of three saves that were unbelievable by Joe Hart but you know it's 70 minutes and I'll ask you first Kev and I don't want this to be a negative uh, bulletin after the game we make a double substitution and we take off the two winners right? that's fair enough because I think we probably didn't expect Forrest to play the 90 it's his first start in three months Jota Looked pretty disappointed to be coming off. But listen, if it was a tactical thing, we take him off. But we've replaced him with two wingers. And we're winning 2-1 at that point with 20 minutes on the clock. And I'm looking at that thinking, why not protect the lead? Now, you're smiling because you're loving the, the Ange Postecoglou philosophy. But I'm thinking, let's get a 2-1 win, even if it's a backs to the wall for the next 20 minutes. We didn't do that, did we? Is that is that a negative? Is that something we need to do better? I don't think it's a negative. I understand what Poster Coglu was trying to do. 
Uh, no, somebody in the comments just asked, asked me to go and get them a 99 for the icy, which is outside. <laughs> That's what I was laughing at. Um, I understand what Poster Coglu was trying to do, but we just haven't got the bench to do it. But not front three went off, the quality dropped. Yep. And that was a whole problem this evening. And I under, if Poster Coglu's bringing on light for light in that final 20 minutes, the same quality as replacing the fi- as replacement in the final third, then doing that is fine. But we're just not there yet. And that, that's what it, the substitutions weakened us. I'm not talking about the, the McCarthy substitutions. I'm talking about the, the substitutions in the final third. Bottom yeah. line, that's why I'm sitting here absolutely gutted that we didn't win that game tonight because the lack of quality was just no there in the substitution that we brought on in the final third. And that's it. It's, it is on Poster Coglu. Definitely on Poster Coglu. He could have done the easy hang, went four five one five at the back. But what he was trying to do was to make Leverkusen think, by the way, they've just brought on three attackers, three fresh legs. We're pushing up here. We didn't hold the ball up. We didn't. We had a great chance when Ayeti and Mikey yeah. Johnson somehow didn't know what to do in that breakaway. You're thinking with that breakaway, if that's Kyogo and Yota or even James Forrest, that's in the back of the net. We're three one up. We just don't have the quality to do what Postecoglou wants us to do from the bench at the moment in Europe, and that that's why I'm gutted. I'm absolutely gutted for guys out there who were absolutely fantastic, big Joe Hart, Welsh. Cameron Carter-Vickers as well, eh? There was guys who gave us, gave all, Yota, James Forrest. I mean, that back heel for, for James Forrest for that second goal was utterly surprised. Aye, you can be negative all you want about Poster Coglu and he didn't go 4-5-1. He stuck to his principles, but tonight it was just a lack of quality. That's all it was in the subs. I think when you look at these subs, Kev, you're, you're right. Although, uh, through... Um, hard work, yet he did craft out a chance and then when it fell to Mikey Johnson, he just knew that it wasn't going to result. He just doesn't have the same quality as Yota. Uh, the only one that was looking at was probably a badder coming on, fresh set of legs. Didn't really work out that way. No. What's your thoughts on that, Laura? Because we've seen the free-flowing, uh, rip-roaring, never-boring side to Ange um, is it too much to expect maybe in a game like tonight where it's a difference between a Europa League uh, spot and a, a conference spot that we could just shore it up? I mean, I, I get what Kev says. There simply is not the quality on the bench. You and Colin spoke about that before the game. We touched on it again at half time, talking about game changers. But it's frustrating when you're looking back at where we were at that moment. We're 2-1 up. We're in control. I'm, I'm somewhere between where... where um the folk that would say we need to shore it up and where, where Kevin is and and in saying that, well I'm, I'm maybe more on Kevin's side than I'm than I'm making out. It's it's the the quality is the problem and by that I mean I thought it was a bad decision to take Jota off at the time that it happened. And I'm not that's before you even go to who we brought on and whether they're of the quality that we need. Jota was on a game tonight and had them in his pocket and had them on the ropes at, at every opportunity. He'd scored a goal, obviously, and, and he looked like a threat going forward more than any other player we had. If Ange is going to stick to his principles and stick to the way that he plays, as he did with the substitutions he made, 
then I can't really understand why Jota had to come off as part of that. I can understand perhaps James Forrest is still not at match fitness and and maybe expecting him to last the 90 minutes even now is a bit far-fetched. But why you have to bring Jota off at that point when he's having a great game and we're a goal up, I'm not really sure. Um, Listen, I'm as big an advocate for Ange and what he does as anybody. Um, But I think he got that decision wrong tonight. Yeah, I do. And we're going to have to talk about things that we did right. Um, I mean, let's start off, because people might tune into the, the full-time bulletin and not listen to the pre-match, let's start off with the, the, the half-time, rather. The uh, the goal, uh, Kev, the, the Juranovic penalty kick. Uh, I mean, I think actually over the piece, there was a few moments where Juranovic was trying to play out the back and he lost the ball two or three times, and that was quite poor. Can we put that down and playing out of position? I don't know. But when it came to the penalty kick, and so much has been said about the the decision not to put him on the penalty against Livy, um, and then he went and done what he did with panache and style, and um, it was actually you know a big set of balls, I think Laura called it, uh, Kutspa. Um, <laughs> certainly, I mean... The way that he did that was incredible. Let's talk about that in the first instance. When we pull it back to 1-1, what's your thoughts at that point, Kev? Do you think, right, it's going to be another 4-3? It wouldn't, it wouldn't have surprised you at that moment, would it? My thoughts at that point were get to half-time and then he lose a goal. <laughs> that, that, was, that, was, that was my first thought, because we do like losing quick goals in Europe. And after that, I'm going, right, it's quite clear that Leverkusen are the better team. But it's also quite clear that we can trouble them with this at 11 on the pitch. And let's just see. I says in the in the comments uh, today, let's make Leverkusen work for whatever they're going to get and whatever we're going to get. And that's the way it came out. Mm-hmm. And I wanted a wee indicator of where we are in Europe, and I got that tonight. But at one each, I'm going, I just want to see where this goes. You go 2-1 up, then right away you're going, right, again, do not lose a goal right away give it five minutes and that five minutes ticked off. Then it's 10 minutes ticked off. Then it's 15 minutes ticked off and you're going, right, wait a minute here. They look like their heads have went down. They're, they're, they're hanking balls out the park. Hearts kept us in it a couple of times. But that's what you want your goal today away from home in Europe. That is going to happen. It doesn't matter who you're playing away from home in Europe. Your keeper's going to need to be up for it. And you're going, right, then you get to 75 minutes. A bit like Laura, I'm going, why are we taking Yacht off? I can understand Forrest. Yacht is the one that we can question Ange Postacoglu about all, all the time. Then Beaton gets the elbow on the face and goes down. And Beaton, not my favourite person, is having a fantastic game as well. And you're going, this is just new. There's too many threads new starting to pull loose here. There's too many, there's too many changes being made, too many threads starting to get pulled loose. We, we went compact at the edge of our box when you actually saw it that uh, Ayeti and uh, Kyogo were sitting 25 yards from our own goal at one point when we lost the ball. We're starting sitting deeper and deeper. The mindset's not there yet. We've not really got that full confidence that we're going to hang on to this. Then we lose the goal. I want to punch their number eight so much. I really want to punch him. He just annoyed me really, really quite. But somebody should have booted him into the stands. I mean, for, for there, I think it's a setting goal. Is it Ralston just boots the ball? Yeah. And it ends up at the touchline. Yeah. None of none of our team go and push him. None of our team go and press that guy and gives him a lot enough time to, to bring it out. It was almost as if the team could actually sense it was just going to slip away from them. 
there was just a, they could sense that there was just we Freds, we Freds here and there. We lose that goal. We lose the second goal when our heads do go, go go down. You actually see it. You do actually see it. But that's that's just where we are in the process. That's mm-hmm. where we are in the journey. We saw the the coaching staff tonight will have so much positivity to work on, but they'll know. By the way, we just need that wee bit more quality to come off the bench to make this actually work. As Laura says, we look like a European team tonight. We look like a European side. Our setting goal is goals we see conceded at Celtic Park for years. Teams hitting us on the breakaway. Yes. That was a European goal that we scored tonight. But we're just there's just wee things that we've just got to change. But look at the game against Altmar when we actually hung on by our fingernails. Look at the game against Mitchelland. We're so f- we 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 are actually further than where I thought. Tonight, with 15 minutes to go, I'm sitting there going. We a minute. We're on nine points here. We can actually get through here. We can actually go through. And that uh, before this group started, I would never expected to be in that position at match day five. So no. I'm going to need to take that as a positive. But aye, aye, let's take it as a positive. We understand where we're wrong. We understand where we've got to improve. But I'm not telling Ange Postecoglou anything that he doesn't get. No, absolutely. Now, I think. Uh... We've got one eye in the January transfer window and the Urban Cool, she says that. Three starters in January would be fine. When you're taking off someone like Kyogo and replacing him with a Yeti, no disrespect to a Yeti, he worked hard tonight. He got a couple of wee breaks and openings through his hard work. You're just not going to get the same quality when you're taking off Yota, who I think was as disappointed as Laura when he was coming off, and you're replacing him with Mikey Johnson, who we've said on this podcast a few times this season is his, this is his make-or-break season. I had no confidence when the ball broke to him, Kev, that he was going to put the ball away. You know, if it had fallen to Jota, it would have been a different story. So I I totally agree with that. I think what I was trying to say is, you know, make a more defensive change, bring off the wingers and and shore it up at the back. And I just don't know. In fact, I do know. Andrew's never going to do that, is he? He's just never going to do it. So we're going to have to have the better quality players to ensure that we don't lose the goals. And I want to talk about the loss of some of these goals tonight. I've been a massive supporter of Anthony Ralston. But I've got to say, um, the first goal, we spoke about it at half-time, Laura. It looks immediately like it's Stephen Welsh's fault, but that's only highlighted because he's missed out on the header from a standing start. It was actually Ralston's failure to, to match the run uh, that resulted in that goal. And then you look at the one that Kevin mentioned there, where Ralston skies the ball up, a big John Smith effort. Uh, and not only did we fail to close down uh, the Leverkusen player who thereafter cross the ball in, Ralston leaves the same man at the back post again. Uh, and that that's poor defence defensive play. He's just not covering himself in glory there. If you watch the ball back, he turns round, the boy's already got it in space and there's no way he's going to have time to, to get back and cover. When I look back to the Leverkusen game at Celtic Park, the 4 nothing game, I was very critical of Celtic after it. Two, game, two goals that night again were down to Tony Ralston losing possession. And I'm a massive fan of Ralston and I'm not going to kick him when he's down. I think, you know, 96 minutes on the clock, he's the one that creates a chance for David Turnbull to try and give us a draw. But it's small margins when it comes to this level, isn't it? And a lot of the time, he's maybe not being tested as much as he is or has been tonight. And I'm going to ask you the question, and it's a bold one. That type of thing in Ralston's game, is that something that that he can get rid of? I mean, these lapses in concentration. 
Is that something that we can coach out of them? Listen, I, I, I don't think anybody, for all the praise that Ralston has rightly received this season, I don't think anybody is sitting thinking um, we've got the Scottish Danny Alves on our hands. You know, he's like, he's certainly a good enough player for the Scottish domestic game. There's no doubt about that. But the standard of football that you're asking him to play and the level he's been asked to step up to in these European games, there is a possibility that he's good enough for one but not for the other because of the level of the gap that's there. That that uh, clearance or attempted clearance, I think it was, that he put up in the air that led to the goal being conceded, it just shows a naivety for me in the, and it goes back to the philosophy that Ange tries to play. Passing the ball out for all that people, you know, malign it and say that it's a bit fussy and that the whole reason that you do that is to keep control of the ball, to understand where it's going, who it's going to, how it's getting there. The minute you launch it up in the air like he did, you lose all control and predictability of where it's going to go because it's coming back down. Every player on the pitch is in an equal position to win the ball it only takes a wee nick or a wee knock in a certain direction and a player finds space to, to put the ball in the net, as is what happened. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas. Visit cox.com slash internet for details. He's in a situation there where I'm sure Angel will tell him that that's exactly the type of thing he doesn't want him to do. But you have to wonder, given the age he's getting to now, how much coaching would it take to get something like that out of his game? I would hope that it is something that he can improve on and get out of his game, but I there's a part of me that just thinks possibly we've got a player who is good enough for the domestic game but not particularly for Europe and to be be honest you can be a serviceable Celtic player with that kind of ability Mm. there's plenty of players throughout Celtic's history who have been fantastic servants for the club who maybe don't cut mustard at the absolute top level but at the end of the day it's a squad game it's a long season there's plenty of games to be played where it can be useful but maybe for games like tonight um, there might have been other options there um, that, that could have helped. Possibly not because of injuries and things like that, but certainly going forward, it might be it might be worth thinking about, you know, Juranovic at right back, because he certainly is of that level, and keeping Ralston fresh for the, for the domestic season. Yes, uh, I thought I'd bring that up because obviously I've been singing his praises all season. There's, there's still a hang though there, Paul. Ralston plays that ball, but there's still two other phases. The ball's still to drop. Juranovic should be out quicker to to to, uh, to close down the man. Then there's mm-hmm. another phase when the ball goes back into the box. So the Celtic coaching staff will actually look at that. And even though Ralston will, will feel that he let, let himself down with the, with the pass, there's still two phases there before they actually get the ball into the back of the net. And there is a collective failing at that point. But the most glaring error is Ralston's when he actually when he actually he slices that clearance. Eh? Oh, yeah. I mean, we, we need to talk about the positives as well. We've already spoken about Zhiranovic's dink uh, from the penalty spot. That second goal was, as Kevin said, the type of thing we've seen at Celtic Park so often 
where, you know, it's just like a hot knife through butter. But let's take it right back. It starts at Joe Hart, who had the peace of mind to uh, find his man. It finds its way through to James Forrest, who plays a part, Kyogo, who plays a tremendous part. And then that finish from Jota. When you're looking at the finish, first time, unbelievable. And, you know, after enjoying it and enjoying the celebration, I'm looking at Jota now and I'm thinking that on this stage, um, far more so than the domestic level in Scottish football, doing that kind of thing, there's going to be uh, English teams circling Celtic Park uh, or Benfica when it comes time for uh, a permanent signature of this man. Um, is that a worry for you, Laura? Because, I mean, it's one thing, and let's let's not beat around the bush here, it's one thing doing it in Scotland. When you start doing that kind of thing in, on the European stage, even if it is Europa League, because of Europe, for me, the Europa League is a very, very high standard. Big teams, bigger teams, richer teams will start circling like vultures, won't they? Yeah, and I think Celtic supporters in the main, we pride ourselves on, as I've said before, knowing the difference between a player who is good enough for us and good enough for the top of the game, because those are two different things. Van Dijk, everybody talks about. Forster, everybody talks about. Um, there's plenty throughout the years who Tierney is another one who have gone on to become top players down south or elsewhere and I think we do know the difference Jota still has a little bit to go to prove that exactly to me but he's certainly on the road he's certainly a cut above probably most of the other members of the squad that we've got and you you it's it's funny using the word worry because at the end of the day, I don't think there's anything that we can do about it if he is going to go because gone are the days where, you know, a Henry Larson or somebody like it would stay for seven years just because they love the club and they love what's been achieved at the club. I think we're in a different era. We're in a different time now. And to be honest, Jota, I just want him to play as well as he can play and bring the the joy and the entertainment to the Celtic support that he has done in his short time for as long as he's able to do it for. And if that means that we lose him to a bigger team or a more uh, well-off team or something like that, then so be it. But I think we just have to enjoy the good times while they're here because, as we've seen before, he could be an amazing player for us uh, for the amount of time that he's here, but we, we would find another one eventually. Um, it's a bit premature, though. I mean, we've still got up until Christmas with him, at least. Um, you never know. We might be able to convince him, you know, for six and a half million, given the age that he's at, you know, stay here for another year, 18 months, really bed yourself in, build yourself a reputation. And, and you know, even bigger things could be on you, the horizon for you in the future. Yeah, absolutely. Now, when I look at these situations, Kevin, and as Celtic fans, we hope that the lure, the allure of Celtic Park and this um, special football club uh, should be enough. We know that in the modern day, it isn't always enough. How big a part will Ange and Ange's philosophy and his man management ability and that ability to be able to create a culture within Celtic within such a short space of time be? How important will that be to the decision that Jota makes, do you think? Massive. Um, even though we like to think that we'll, well, we can influence it. We can make his place. To, we can love him. We can make his football time at Celtic utterly enjoyable. But the only person that will convince him to stay is Ange Postacoglu. And he'll only stay with Ange Postacoglu if he believes that he'll improve as a player. 
under Ange Postacoglu moving to a bigger a bigger league and a bigger stage. What you've got to remember is even though he's still young in age, this is his first season playing like men's football. This is his first this is his first trip into playing the Europa League. This is his first trip playing playing like a serious league, like a, a men's league in Europe. So he's still wet behind the ears, really, at, at, at this point. And he'll know that himself. And he says that himself on Monday at, at his interview, that he's got a lot more to prove, he's got a lot more to learn. But it's up, if he believes that he can actually improve under Postacoglu, he'll stay at Celtic. He will stay at Celtic. And, 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 but he won't make a decision at the end of the season. Celtic won't make a decision at the end of the season either because that's just the way that these things are going to work. Um, I'm a bit like Laura. I'm going to love him while he's here. I didn't want another Paddy Roberts situation in the summer where the bully won't he? and like the heartbreak that's good, that's good, that could actually lead to. I'm going to enjoy him while, while he's here and hopefully we, we sign... If he thinks he's going to progress at Celtic and also if he believes that the team is going to progress under Poster Coglu, then he will stay because he might say he might say himself, yes, he's he's, he's doing well in Europe just now, but we've already seen the teams that will maybe take the chance on him are England are not the top teams. The teams that will maybe take the chance on him in Portugal will only be the top teams because they'll just look at it and go, he's doing well in Scotland and he's shown flashes in Europe. We'll need to watch him for longer. So Celtic is probably the right place for him to develop. Hopefully he watches this. Stay here, mate. Develop in Scotland. We'll be the best club that you'll ever play for. Just stay. Please, please. Pretty please. Please, please. Please. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully we will get more opportunities to speak to him because we did get a chance in the press conference. Um, and, you know, he's racking up the, the highlights for the show, you, isn't he? I mean, that bit of skill at Dundee United where he plucks the ball out the air. Uh, the way that he'd done the flick to cross the ball over against St. Johnson, that goal tonight, just everything he's doing. And let's just hope it's not the best bits uh, that we can watch with some sad music as he moves on to Pastors New. You mentioned Beaton earlier, uh, not as flamboyant uh, as Jota, but I'll tell you what, as a midfielder, he seems to be absolutely rejuvenated under Ange Postecoglou. And one of the things I really like about him, and maybe I've just forgotten because he's not played consistently in the midfield for some time, Laura, is the way that he's able to get that ball deep and turn it into an attack, and he does it quickly. I think, to be fair to him, he must have learned a certain element, new element to his game from having played at centre-back, and that, that'll involve distribution from deep uh, tackling you know taking the ball off off the opposition team in whatever way that that you're able to do that that can only benefit his midfield game and I think he's probably maybe a little bit freed up by not having as many defensive responsibilities even though he is in a defensive midfield role it's not going to be as as intense probably as as playing at centre back so I think he's probably taking the bits of 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 playing in defence that he can and applying it to playing in a position that he was already much more comfortable with. You know, there was a, a various points last season where uh, I saw a lot of the time that if you mentioned Beaton wasn't actually a defender, you were seen as a bit of a, an idiot and you were, you know, trotting out a cliche that isn't <laughs> <laughs> that isn't true. I was trying to remember who said it, and then I remembered them on the pod with him. <laughs> um, 
and uh, but yeah, I, I think it's the, it's the same case, isn't it? It's like um, you know, just because somebody's played it, being played in a position doesn't mean it's their natural position, and it, it's quite obvious in the case of Beaton that he's a much more naturally gifted midfielder. And I think we may have a different opinion of him, or we may have had a different opinion of him over the the, the last few years if he had been able to do that because. Um, he was really doing a job he was being asked to do and, and ended up being a bit of a scapegoat for it. The, the whole beat on at centre-back for the European qualifiers became the joke that it was because you knew of the inevitability to, that it was. I, for one, am pleased to see him playing where he's playing and, and, and being all the better for it. I just think, again, I'm going to go back to something Kevin said. We're sitting here in November. Yes, we are progressing uh, beyond Christmas in European competition. Uh, but tonight, and I said at the beginning of the, the game, at half-time rather, it's a makeshift defence. We're playing a right-back at left-back. We're playing Ralston at right-back. We would never have thought that would have been the case. We've obviously bought in a right-back to replace him. And we're playing Stephen Welsh as a replacement centre-back. And he's a third choice behind Julian and Starfield. So I think in order to realise the job that Andrew's doing, we've got to mention that. It is a makeshift defence, but behind that defence is a man in Joe Hart that when you look at tonight's um, result, it may be forgotten about, but that man's performance tonight was absolutely astonishing. I mean, th- there was two or three saves there. Uh, not forgetting the part that he played in the second goal. There was two or three saves there that he's got absolutely no right to make. Kevin, and when you consider that we've spent a million quid on this man, pound for pound, it's looking like the best sign we've made in years. Definitely, the Tottenham too eh? uh, look, really, look, look really good, eh? and, and if you can get both of them for a total of three million quid, you've actually won a watch, truthfully. Um, aye, Big Heart's been fantastic. I must admit, I did have my doubts. I wondered if he had, not in his hunger, hunger but the ability. Uh, he showed that he had the hunger. He just wanted to play football and come up here again. But tonight, that, that the, it's the double save that he had, then he had the save with his foot where he put it over the bar. Whereas it would have been better for us if the ball would have ended up in the back of the net because VAR would have chopped it off and we would have got offside rather than Leverkusen getting a corner kick and uh, scoring the second goal for the corner kick, but that's by the byes. Uh, aye, Hart, Hart's been fantastic, utterly brilliant. It just shows the difference. He's at Fraser Foster levels already, eh? He has he, that, that's what he has. It shows the signs of it shows the, the quality of having a decent goalkeeper. And he's this got I'm going to need to crack a head and shoulders joke here. Sorry, but he's head and shoulders above any other goalkeeper at that club at the moment. And that's that's just it. The big man's been fantastic for us, and hopefully he's got some silverware at the end of the season. Some silverware in three weeks, actually. Yeah. Hopefully Sorry, he doesn't well. wash and go at the end of the season. Oh. <laughs> well, he's, got a four, he's, got, he's got a three-year contract, eh? so, uh, so, look, again, I keep on going back. If the players buy into Celtic, then we are the best players that where you'll ever play football. And I think Joe Hart Kens, rather than, than bobbing about the championship, he may as well come up here, win a few trophies, become, a absolute, become an absolute hero. And He'll no, you go, man. Yeah, absolutely. You know, one final thing, you're you're talking about cup final, of course, we've got that to think about before the 2nd of January, but there are certain players who come to Celtic and never seem to show it against Rangers in the big derby games. And I think, you know, there's maybe an argument to be had that 
Ryan Christie maybe fell into that category. You're always looking for a special performance from him against Rangers. Um, there has been previous performances by Beaton that I thought were okay, but um, I'm not quite sure that I'm confident going into that game with, with Beaton a few months ago. Going into it now, though, um, as a number six, I'm pretty confident with him sitting there. Um, Laura, I'm going to throw this to you. We're, we're going into the big game on the 2nd of January, potentially with the likes of uh, Beaton playing in the holding midfield role. We would, uh, I, I would guess, have Starfield back as well, still enough to keep a hold of the jersey. There's a lot of games between now and then. A lot to consider, uh, you know, when you're looking at the, the right-back and left-back scenario. What what are we going to do, you know, long-term there when, when Taylor's back as a first-choice left-back? Do you play Juranovic at right-back? Has Ralston done enough there? Um, what's your thoughts on that moving into these big games in a big territory of December and then into January? I think uh, to touch on uh, what I spoke about before with, with Ralston is um, as much as we can possibly do, given the numbers that we have and, and the injuries and stuff, we have to utilise the squad. And that, that means potentially sometimes play, playing players in games who haven't earned the starting spot or who haven't uh, shown enough to be given the chance over some of the people that they might replace. But at the end of the day, you can't expect a Callum McGregor, a, a Cameron Carter-Vickers, a Anthony Ralston, a Kyogo to run through the number of games that we've got and then expect them to put a performance in against Rangers on the 2nd of January. Even with Kyogo, for example, you're talking about a player who's effectively on an 18-month run of football because he, he kind of came in you know, at the end of the Japanese season. So you're, you're or, or certainly three quarters of the way through the Japanese season. And so you're in a situation where he's he's already played his season of football more than that. And he... He's in a situation where he would be, you know, quite right to be rested. The problem that we have is we've already tried to do it on a couple of occasions with some of the key players and we've suffered for it. Um, I can think of a few examples and, and that's the thing that worries me is the only way we're going to get through the next few weeks is using the squad, but mm. I could see us dropping points because of it. Well, Ange Postacoglu mentioned that, didn't he? And he's... Uh... Pre-match uh, interview yesterday that uh, due to some of these issues, Kevin, there might be a, a defeat here and there along the way. Um, I'm looking at that situation and I don't think we can afford it going into a massive month in December, of course. But what he's got in players like Beaton and uh, the aforementioned Ralston is guys that previously you weren't that confident going into big games like a cup final or a game against Rangers that these guys could be starters. I'm pretty confident that you know, if we go into these games, that these guys could more than hold their own now? Definitely. Um, Beaton, uh, he, he gives that number six role something that we haven't got. I mentioned their big number eight who was at it all night. Beaton's got that wee bit of devilment in him as well that he'll fall down and he'll take the sting out of the game. He's, he's got that wee bit of uh, dung housery. Uh, that, that sometimes you need <laughs> sometimes, sometimes you need in a player as well again I still think he's an empty crisp poke at some games at Celtic Park I really do, the games that we're going to have loads of the ball and we're going to, and we're going to need like 
more attacking players. But games like tonight, games against the, uh, uh, games away from home in Scotland, and games against the better sides at home in Scotland, I think he does he does do a job. I'm, I'm willing to admit that he's a midfielder after playing centre half for about five years. I'm maybe not quite there yet, Laura. I'm maybe not quite there yet. But he has done a job for us over the la- over the last uh, couple of weeks, and I, and I'm going to actually tip my hat to him. I think tonight, uh, Postacoglu says yesterday that. We want to measure ourselves against the best in the competition and no leave the ground with any uncertainty about where we are. It's about continuing our growth as a team. I think we've done that tonight. I think we I think we nailed that on tonight. We are where we are and we may as well just enjoy it, love it, enjoy it and let's just get on with it. Eh? Absolutely. Now, Laura, you will be presenting the Axon Bulletin tomorrow as a tribute to the late, great Bertie Old. It will be starting at 10.30. So you will be on with Tony Haggerty and possibly another special guest. We'll see how that one goes at 10.30 tomorrow. So please join us. There's been over a thousand strong on tonight. Thanks, everybody, for supporting a Celtic state of mind. You're watching on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, LinkedIn and Twitter. Uh, we're back on Twitter. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure you subscribe and also click on the notifications bell. We've got content coming out every single day. Big charity weekend are coming up next month, of course. In fact, it's a couple of weeks down the line, the 4th and 5th of December. Great lineup. And all that's left for me to say on a fairly disappointing night where we've seen some tremendous play, great goals, great goalkeeping. Uh, but ultimately a defeat at the hands of a very good side in the Europa League. Uh, is thank you to Kevin Graham and to Laura Bradburn for joining me on A Celtic State of Mind. Thank you, everybody. Cheers. phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with cox cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5g home internet cox is the real home internet you're looking for Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas visit cox.com internet for details this week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct-to-consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Network.